Uh, we'll be reading, uh, we're doing a, a four-week series here in Christmas, or a five-week series here in Christmas, um, about uh, the songs of Christmas, and there are four or five different songs that we have uh, in uh, in the Christmas narrative, or in the, in the nativity narrative, and we're going to start this morning from Luke 1, 46 to 56, and that's Mary's song. <clears throat> and Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm, and he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our forefathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, and then they returned home. The Lord... uh, Bless the reading and preaching of his word. Good morning, I'm Howard Brown, the senior pastor at Christ Central Church. Welcome um, to Christ Central. Uh, as uh, Pastor Giorgio said, we're going to begin our sermon series as soon as I can find the text here. And uh, the songs of Christmas. Let me let you know that the Bible, as we look at the story from Genesis to Revelation, is like a musical. You know, um, it is like a Disney movie sometimes where somebody's walking and something goes on and there's this heightened emotion and there's a song. It's like, uh, remember those Saturday morning cartoons like Fat Albert and um, Scooby-Doo? There's always a music video at the end and they kind of replay the whole thing again. Uh, Fat Albert always has the same kind of sound, you know. Don't go with strangers, you know, something like that. And they're all playing and getting down in the junkyard. And uh, the, the, the Bible is similar to that. Uh, it's, it's, it's Prince's Purple Rain. It's the sound of music. Or any one of those Christmas movies you're going to see here very soon. Songs throughout that kind of chronicle. They kind of illustrate the, the plot, they accentuate the, the, the heart of the characters and call us to hopefully join in with our own life's song. We begin, we begin this Christmas sermon series with Mary's song. And the theme, the thought of her song, if, if I could sum it up, is Jesus, uh, the, the one put in her virgin body by God, is the best thing that ever happened. And her story is, is, is the, is her, her song rather, hopefully like any good musical, will open us, will draw us into the plot and person of God and, and call our own lives to sing along. Mary has just found out the news of her being the mother of Jesus and goes to stay with her cousin Elizabeth, who is also having this miraculous pregnancy in old age after years of trying and failing. And they're like two excited pregnant women together. Now, my own experience with pregnant women together, or women who find out they're pregnant, is there's this kind of... They in a zone. They kind of understand. I don't, I don't get it. You know, when Kelly is, oh, guess what? I'm having a baby. Oh, girl. You know, and they go on. And 
I just remembered uh, she was working at this pediatric clinic and there was like four pregnant ladies in there and they were all kind of bellies trying to get around and it was just a different mood or when you find out someone's getting engaged oh my goodness you know and man I do that too well I gotta and so in this rising excitement um, of telling Elizabeth about her pregnancy and Elizabeth getting, the, you know, the pregnant woman, you know, excitement, you know what's going to happen just like any good musical. Here comes a song. Here comes a song. But like any good musical, her, Mary's song, the message and tone of it is inseparable from her state, from who she really is. Let me explain this to her. Mary is a young girl. She's arranged to be married uh, to a carpenter. She is engaged, but yes, like any young girl of that time or age, um, or even now, she kind of lives with the hopes and the excitement, possibly of being married, of being courted, of having a suitor. She is this young lady in waiting. And in this day and age, especially, and in lesser degree today, her value, her potential, her, her, her worth, the pedigree of her family, her her children, her parents will be determined by who notices her and wants her. Like any young lady, there are probably the text doesn't tell us, um, but but the, 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 but she comes uh, into Elizabeth like a young woman who has been asked to the dance by the prince, but better. Like a young lady who's been invited to the big ball, but better. She in self-professed humility, humble state, is more like the pimply-faced, you know, not as developed as the other girls, kind of unsure of herself, not on the cheerleading team. Young lady who just got asked to the senior prom by the quarterback, but better. She's the overlooked, round-the-way girl. Who did not maybe, did not know her dad or her mom, but who barely made it uh, going, uh, but is now going to the Grammys to sit next to Jay-Z. I was watching Oprah show the other day. Oh, well, Kelly was. I was just in the room. And um, they're reviewing the, the Dream Girls movie. And so they had the cast of Dream Girls, you know, Jamie Foxx and, and Beyonce and Eddie Murphy, you know, and these big names. And, and they had uh, Beyonce and, um, and Jamie Foxx come out first and they're talking about this great movie. And, and I would think Mary was a lot like Jennifer Hudson. You know who that is. She, she wasn't the finalist for American Idol. She was one of the 12 finalists for American Idol. And she was one that Simon thought wasn't as good, wasn't good enough to amount to anything. And there she was called up next as part of the cast of the Dream Girls on the Oprah show. And she's walking across looking like, wow, I can't believe it. And, and she sits right next to Jamie Foxx and Beyonce. And from her words, she still kind of has this unsure articulation with kind of this cliche look what god has done and bless me language and as noticeably as my noticeably as my wife saw and put it she had this big weave all over her head you know girl from runaway making it big on a stage she shouldn't have been on and, 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 and all this feel and tone is there in this story and you should feel in this story but better because she was noticed and wanted 
out of that insecurity of being an overlooked nobody from a small village engaged to the local carpenter, she was noticed and made known and brought into Bible history forever by the God of heaven to be called blessed. And here's where our Catholic brothers and sisters have a point here. She is like a female Abraham and Moses and David. She she is noticed. She's picked off the street out of the back room of a normal two-bedroom home in the working class community to be a participant in the world's greatest and largest production, God's redemption of the world. But the beauty of what she will be in the eyes of the world began with how she was not only noticed by God, but wanted by God. The scripture says here as she is singing in verse 48, she says, For he, God, has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Humble state here. The language used here means, yes, unnoticed, worthy of being overlooked. She never got any second looks as she walked through the mall. You know, she's just on the bad side of regular, you know, a 4.8 on the scale of being worthy of being known by the everyday passing person. You know, she's Sandra D. Grease fans, y'all too young. <laughs> She's Tito Jackson. Oh, okay. Uh, she, 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 some of y'all too young for that too. Um, She's the Wiggles in the purple shirt. No, I'm just, I'm just. She's the red shirt on, on, on Star Trek. Y- y'all get it. She, she was a, a Jewish woman in her place at the bottom, humbled by Roman superiority complex infused in this ancient world. But on top of that, the word means despisable. She's worthy. She knows she's worthy. Something in her being rejected. What am I saying? Mary was not sin free. Yes, she was a virgin, but her own declaration of saying she's humble says she was a sinner. Which means she didn't thought much like the other working girls, working class girls did. Uh oh, almost had a problem there. Working class girls did. <laughs> I mean, in modern thought, Maybe she snuck out sometimes. Maybe she, maybe she didn't smoke it, but maybe she was around it. Maybe she didn't inhale. I don't know, but I want Mary to be good. She, she, maybe though she wanted to be rich and famous and skinny like the emperor's wife. Maybe she purged to do it. Maybe she thought about ways to change her Jewish features to not look so, you know, Jewish. Maybe she hated God for being a poor or working class Jewish. Maybe she hated her parents or even her fiance for being so regular. Just a carpenter. Mary was unknown, not striking beauty. Sorry, y'all, for the Hollywood movies that give Mary and, and Pocahontas, you know how they do it, the, the, the Pantene condition here with the Halle Berry face and body. It just didn't happen here. She wasn't all of that, not even which she should have been or could have been despised by the dominant culture. Not perfect, sinful young lady who the king of heaven, the creator of the universe, said her. Yes, that one. She will be the mother of the Lord. 
Yes, yes, Mary, you of all people be used and visited and happened upon by me. And look what it did. It raised her from, 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 raised her from the despair and lifted her to a place where she could declare her unrighteousness, her normalness, but with a renewed dignity to a righteousness that wasn't even hers to own a gift, but God gave to her by engaging her to be more than just less than another person, to being a maiden, to being a daughter of the King of Heaven. Jesus was the best thing that happened to Mary. You and I, whether we are man or woman, live in a world similar to that of a young, young, unexcellent teenage girl. We see the, the pimples and the problems in the mirror. You and I look at our lives and we see how undeveloped we are, how much better we want to be and can't. And unfortunately, I think most of us, we play games like uh, like we handle our problems and our issues with with teenage juvenile uh, maturity. Uh, sometimes we we put on the princess outfit. You know, I, I don't I don't have daughters, um, but I, I went to the Gutierrez house and, and there was one point when when um, when 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 the little girl, um, gosh, Anna Riley, sorry, um, says, Daddy, I want to go put on my dress. I'm like. You know, he got clothes on. What, what you talking about? And next thing she comes down with this princess dress. You know, you can tell she's worn it a million times. You know, that kind of thing. We, 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 we try to pretend to be more than we are. To deal with the fact that we really feel kind of crummy about ourselves. You know, we, we put our jobs and accomplishments and relationships uh, up like on the wall like we would, like a teenage person would a Britney Spears poster. I mean, we, 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 we ignore how damaged we are. Some of us do it by working harder, by covering up. When we were young men in teenage days, some of y'all too young to know, it was about getting that Michael Jackson jacket for merry-go-round. And you know you couldn't afford the one with the chain and lock through it. You had to get the fake one. But boy, if you rolled up there with the real thriller Michael Jackson or beat it jacket, you were the man even if you weren't. You see how cheesy that sounds, but that's how we look. We, 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 we stuff our undergarments with self-loathing. We cake on the makeup with the obnoxious detail of a kid who cannot and doesn't want to deal with the truth of what's on the inside. How badly we may have been treated on the outside. We can't admit or confess or even touch our heart problems. The, the way we act and maybe even how we have been treated by others as unknown or unnoticed, not striking, sometimes feeling unwanted, sinful, despisable. We see no opportunity to really be loved for who we are, but better yet to be loved out of our problems into a place of honest dignity. Jesus is the best and only thing that could happen to you to change that. That would change your unchained melody, your unrhymed rap, your offbeat dance to the honesty and out of this world hope and happening that you, that will make your heart say with Mary, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of the humble state of me. Declaring 
able to have words and worth to declare that Jesus is, is your hope and of being noticed and wanted in a way that is real and true and healthy and lasting. Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen to a failure and a floozy and a fake and a phony, a, a nobody unwanted sinner like you and me feel and are. Like Mary in and through Jesus, God can look at you and me and say, yes, you, this one, yeah, the messed up one, that's the one I'm calling to be my child, the one who's not the star of the world, the one who's pretending to be the star of the world, yes, that one to be mine, to be able to be mine. And we can sing this song with Mary as we find out and believe that it is Jesus who has found us and God who has noticed us. But with that, that we can sing this song because God has made us able to see our utter need for him in Jesus. Now, the second part of the song starts off with this in verse 50. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Now we have this 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 thing in verse 50, this, this line that says, um, He extends mercy to those who fear Him. Well, what does fear mean, fearing God? Does it mean those that, that run away from God? No, that would be the wrong taking of this. Fear of God for mercy sakes. The kind of fear that makes you say, Lord, God, if you don't help me, if you don't reach me, if you don't love me, I have no other place to go and no other way to make myself better. You know, it's how I felt with that mortgage person. We were working on our mortgage a few years ago and um, some paperwork was messed up. And I had to go back and fill that paperwork out. I went in that office and this white man, he was sitting there across the table. No, this man, I'm sorry. This man was sitting across the table for me. Well, it felt, you know, I could see, all of a sudden the differences are extreme now, you know, and, and you know, oh Lord, here we go. It's the man, you know. And so uh, I'm sitting across the table and he's like, you need to fill us out. You need to fill us out. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this man could say no. It was a fear. But then on the other side is this man could say yes. You know, this man can say, yes, you, you got a mortgage, man. You got a home. You, you on the way, man. He can, and so there's this fear that if he didn't do it, it wouldn't get done. You see, fear of God is the grace of God. It is God bringing us to a place where we look at him and say, no other way but this one God. He is fearful because he is my fate, my condition, my world in the hands of his decision, in the hands of his goodness, in the hands of his benevolence is my only hope. We call that faith. God, nothing else but you or your way is the way. You are the hope and help for my issues and my world and no one else. The lowly Mary declares this in her newfound condition. Now with Jesus... 
on the inside, she sees and knows that if it were not for the mercy of God, she would have continued to go unnoticed or unclaimed. Her song now about her new life with Jesus says God alone could have done what has been done for me. He alone is is good and merciful enough for this to be so. And then with that in mind, she goes on to sing the following thing about from generation to generation. Understand here, Mary is singing the gospel, the mercy of God for sinners. And this is what she's saying about it. That sinners, God missers like you and me, usually in our misconception of ourselves or our misguided view of this world of God are in one of two places. Or sometimes both. And and she goes on to say this. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He is saying that, that we are in two places or sometimes both. As far as having a relationship with God is concerned. We're either too high or too low. We either feel too good about ourselves or too lowered in ourselves to see or accept the mercy of God. It's like we are riding the elevators of life, okay? And and, and God is on the 10th floor. And we are either on the 8th floor or the 12th floor. Now understand, being on the 12th floor doesn't mean you're better. It means you're simply on the wrong floor for what you need. Mercy and grace and forgiveness and right standing before God is on floor 10. And any other floor higher in pride or lower in depression is missing out on the mercy of God. God in his grace has come to make us aware that we are shopping for the wrong stuff in this life on the wrong floor. And the passage is saying if you're too high, if you think you all of that, the gospel can bring you down. And if you're so depressed in sin and issues and beaten down and treated badly, the gospel lifts you up to see the goodness and mercy of God. And so we have this, Mary is saying with the generations that God has been faithful, that if in an age or generation of people that think they're good or above or large are in charge, Allah, this time the Romans, he will bring them down to Noah's mercy. And that they're in an age of depression like the Jews at this time, he will show kindness and raise them up to know his mercy. And it's interesting how God can do this. Now, let me say, I hope crap is not a bad word. I already said it, so... Or if you think it is, or if you do, please excuse this expression. But Mary is saying that God will bring us to a place where we kind of have an old crap move, moment. Where we come face to face with his holiness, and you're like, some of y'all, maybe it's not old crap, maybe it's, oh my goodness. You know, maybe it's a, I am a mess. Wait, I thought I was all of that, and... And I have made a real mess of things. What? And from the mouth of an unholy, the fear of God sounds rough and sordid. Oh crap, he, he, God, he's the one I sought to live without is all that I have. Oh my goodness, the one whom I thought had, I had forgotten me, had forgotten me is all that I need. You know, Bill Cosby has this old stand-up routine that says, 
his mom was over over concerned with whether he had clean underwear. I love this. And um, so he says, like, he, he thought that if he was ever in a life-defining crash, right, his mom would show up at the emergency room. Yes, uh, how, how's, how's my son doing? She, he's doing did he have clean underwear on? Yes, ma'am, we found it in the glove compartment. You know what? And, and, and Bill Cosby's point is, look, nobody has clean underwear after a life-defining rack. How does he put it? First you say it, then you do it. The gospel is the presentation. It's the message. It's the real work and presence of Jesus that causes you to crash with God's holiness. Where yes, we say it like Mary sang it, but God does it. God deals with it. Dealing out real life defining moments that make you and see and know the crud in your life. To see and know all the mess you are filled with. To deal out, let me tell you, to deal out some serious failure. Some serious humiliation in your life? You you thought you were a pretty good person, better than the other boys and girls. And, and, a, and you have this crash with a wife or, or some sinful behavior that brings you down. Maybe it was a serious end to a promising career or relationship. A crash that ends all that you thrive and live on and in. A, a crash that showed you, guess what? Your marriage it wasn't all that great. It was very, it was a lot closer to y'all splitting up or a crash that brings an end to a life of performance. A crash that takes you and me off the throne of our lives and reveals all that stinks to high heaven in your haughtiness. And leaves him, God, as your only hope to pick up and clean up the messy pieces of your life. And in what I would describe as a holy moment, a moment of faith or fear or song, it will be like Mary's song. Oh, Lord, you've considered my humble state. You've seen what a mess I was. But glory to you because you've been merciful. Or it's a crash that reveals the stuff people in the world has done to you. Oh, so many of us in here have been abused or demeaned or, or you're so deep in some kind of evil behavior. It crashes the very love and care and concern for God as seen in the gospel that is Jesus caring enough to come and die for you. A crash that lets God clean you and claim you and stand you in his dignity. Some of us are too high. Some of us are too low. Some of us are too high and hidden in one place in our lives and too vulnerable and trapped and deceived in another. Here is the good news of the song. And Jesus coming to your world and your lives, he brings us to an even place, a balance, a justified by faith in him place where we will know. The benevolent mercy of God. And this way coming, and this way Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to us. His coming, the message of the Bible, the gospel. Jesus says God cares about the lowly, but it also says God cares enough for those of us who are exalted above the knowledge of Him, who have too much to need Him to bring us down to experience the love that has escaped us. But this song of Mary has another stanza, has another hook, 
And it's that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to the promise. Let's look, look with me at verses 54 and 55 here. He says he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. What promise is, is, is being mentioned here? The promise to Abraham. Let me explain this to you. The first Jew, the one whom all the Jews came from, that God would be their God, and they, the Jews, starting with Abraham and here on out, would be his people. And that through them the world would be able to come to know God. That he would use them as a recipient of his mercy to bless others. That they would uh, be blessed to bless. And at the core of this promise is this idea. That God will be available and accessible on earth forever in the life and community of his chosen people. He will not leave or forget them, which means more dramatically for a room of us filled with a bunch of non-Jews that he has not and will not leave you and me alone without any hope of touching or being touched by the God of heaven. You see, the Jews were like, What is he talking about? You know, on Christmas, maybe you don't, because maybe you were that kid. But there was always the kid who got that toy. This year is probably the PlayStation 3. The kid who gets a $600 toy down the street. Who, or who gets that train set everybody was wanting. And what happens on Christmas morning? You play with your toys, you grateful and all of that. But you got to get over that man house. Because he got the toy. You know what I'm saying? You get the phone calls. The phones go crazy on Christmas morning when I was going to bring, bring. What'd you get, man? What'd you get? And somebody's going to drop the gold present. What did you get, man? Oh, you know. And always that cool. I don't know, man. I got a few things. Some socks. PlayStation 3. A tie. You got the PlayStation 3? I'll be over there this morning. And you know, the house is filled with kids from all over the neighborhood who didn't get the PlayStation 3 and probably won't get it till three years when it drops in price. You know, and everybody's over there. Jesus' coming is that gift of Abraham, the Jewish, and now the believing family. If you ever wonder whether God is reaching us with a gift we can't afford, eternal life, Jesus coming in the flesh says, yes, he has come to really and truly and fleshly live with his people to be with all people. To give you a chance to play with the PlayStation 3 knowing you can't afford it. Okay, here's the glory of the song. It answers this question for all time. Then with the Jews and now with his church. Is God here? Is God here? Is Emmanuel, God, with us? Is that true? Is Jesus still coming? I mean, is, has Jesus come, will, and has, or can he come to me? And you need not look much further than where, and for some of you, what you are this morning. His church says yes. Now let me explain. Jesus is alive and come, and for some of you, comes over and over in his living ministry that takes place right 
here in the gathering and giving of his people. His church, whose power, whose message, whose main thing, whose quan, whose goal, and goal is Jesus Christ in the fact that he is still preached, he is still worshipped, is not a testament to the people who are good or stubborn or so righteous to make Jesus the main thing, but more about what Mary is singing about. God is so committed. He, we call that faithful. To change and reach and love you and this world and its people, God refuses to leave. He refuses to leave, though we may have tried to push him out. He has refused to not be the main thing for our good. He is faithful to love you. We have the song we sang last week. uh, What wondrous love is this? And the chorus says this. He opened up my hand. I raised my clenched fist to heaven. And he opened up my hand to receive his gift. To receive his grace. Let me tell you. Age after age. What do we see in church history? People trying to clench their fists to God. It never fails. I will tell you, church history is exciting, but it got some bad things in it. You know, one age, well, with Jesus, he, he really wasn't alive. It was just a good story. That's good. He didn't have a virgin birth. That's all right. You know, Joseph was a daddy and he was a good man and things worked out. Or, you know, we don't need the Bible. Forget this. This is a bunch of stories. You know, we uh, forget the scripture. You know, what I say is just as high as the scripture. You know, church history. Over and over, we've tried this crazy church stuff. And let me tell you, a lot of it happened right here in Charlotte. It was all kind of stuff. This leader doing this. And if you give your money, God will bless you. And if you walk around it seven times, you have it. I mean, all kind of crazy stuff. trying to push Jesus out, the truth of his birth, the fact of his resurrection, the time after time, God has opened our hands like Mary's womb and invaded our beliefs and lives so that we can, regardless of the age or issues or wars that we don't agree with happening, that we can receive his grace. And thus, songs like, what wondrous love, you, God, refuse to let us go. You refuse to leave us or leave this church. He refuses to not be the savior of this world. So the preaching comes and the preaching stays. The elements that minister his grace, the stuff that guides us to forgiveness and well-being and healthy relations is here and will be here. Even if Christ Central Church shuts down. And if we start preaching some foolishness, I hope it shuts down. And you know what God will do? What Mary's singing about. His grace and his message and his son Jesus Christ will be revealed and ministered somewhere. Because he's faithful. He won't leave you. He won't leave you alone. There'll always be a church. There'll be always be a message of the gospel somewhere. The church is like another hymn says. It's where the love of God will not let you go. Of you, 
that keeps this ministry of Jesus knocking on and knocking down the doors of life and nations for you and for your children and their children's children because God never leaves his people. And his people are the church and the church is the ministry of the having come and coming Lord and Savior Jesus Christ every Sunday. But along with it, every community group, every prayer group that we have, relationships and friendships that grow out of this thing is like Christmas. And God's people are like the privileged children that wake up each morning because he with them, he gives them new mercies and new forgiveness and a renewed dignity and redemption for all that has been lost and destroyed and demeaned. He's put all that stuff under the Christmas tree. And even and though it is wrapped differently, like maybe it's wrapped in the men's retreat. Or maybe it's wrapped in a women's Bible study. Or maybe it's wrapped in a lunch after church. Or a conversation with someone well into the night. Maybe it's wrapped in the ministry of your wife or husband or friends for your loneliness. Or or mercy that you received in a financial situation. Or maybe it's wrapped in the Lord's Supper for your sense of God's grace. Or, Or some sermon that hit the spot. Or some song that said what your heart was doting on. Or some confrontation of behavior that was demeaning to you and others. Or maybe it's having the water drip down your face at a baptism or hearing that God is a savior and lover of sinners the wrappings of God's gift vary but the transforming promise on the inside is the same and has been the same from Abraham up to now that gift is Jesus he's come to heal us all the up and the down the upfront and the forgotten. He has come with a mercy and love and forgiveness that leads you to worship, to life-defining and changing song. In this way, church people are the house that got the gift you couldn't get. But they receive what they have not deserved. Some of you have hung out with these people, these church people, these believers for some time, some of you for months, hanging out. And you're still wondering whether God cares for you or can reach you, will care for you, or is talking to you. I mean, look around. Look who you're with. Look at what God is saying right here. I know it's hard. Look around. These folk messed up. Look at them. They're just like you. They're Mary-esque. They're not all of that. They're sinners who have a gift that they get and have received constantly like the promise to Abraham, not according to their worth, and it is not for them alone. But it's a gift to God's people, and here by God's own design, to call and welcome you. You and me, sinner, prideful, humiliated, to know his love. And his grace in Jesus. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to these people called church people in this room. And they didn't deserve it. Whether they know it or not or acknowledge it all the time. For all of us, that is good news. Because it means this gift of Jesus, now that you up in the house and you hanging with the people... And you're, you're given the opportunity to get next to the gift. Jesus is the best thing that has or could ever happen 
to all of us. Mary's song is about the transforming power of the gift of Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to sing like Mary. Is undeserving sinners, is those who can't earn your gift or buy your gift or deserve your gift, the thing that will transform us. Visit us with it. Open our hearts to the preaching of your word. Open our hearts to the relationships around us. Open our hearts during the Lord's Supper, whether we take it or not. Open our hearts today to receive this gift, the best thing that has or could ever happen to any of us. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.